1: Today's podcast is a conversation with my friend, Dr. Libby Quinn, also known as the women's psychologist over on Instagram. Dr. Libby sent me a message. (laughs) I feel funny saying Dr. Libby. My friend Libby sent me a message on Instagram and said, let's either record a podcast or an Instagram live and just have a conversation and perhaps offer some food for thought on ways that people who are struggling with the tragedies that are unfolding in the world and all of the uncertainty right now. And I thought that was just such a brilliant suggestion. So Libby, thank you for the suggestion and thank you for making time this morning to have this chat.
2: Oh, you're so welcome, Kylie. And I think, um, yeah, I think the idea was just born out of my own personal experience of recognizing how hard... How hard this is at the moment with, um, you know, us more locally going into lockdown this week and that being extended, but then all of the layers on top of that for us all as individuals and then, yeah, extending beyond that globally, what's happening in the world. I think, you know, on my own reflection, what I was recognising in myself and those around me and the broader community and globally is just that there's this mass psychological experience at the moment of um almost being held in captivity Um, so what we once have all kind of experienced as just you know our birthright things that you know a week ago a year ago several years ago we were doing with so much ease and not giving it a second thought that they can all be taken away quite quickly Um, and a lot of people are experiencing you know what they once deemed as their own decision-making process that that's been taken out of their hands um, and then going into the more extreme experiences happening in the world like in Afghanistan at the moment with the Taliban taking over. Um, I think there's just there's this broader, I, I guess the broader theme I'm seeing is one of um, individuals kind of having this experience of being held in captivity and just, you know, the psychological impact that that has of creating um, despair, helplessness, hopelessness, anxiety, um, and, yeah, just such a huge experience. Overwhelm. Absolutely. Huge experience of uncertainty and just, yeah, a a mass experience of um, feeling dismissed, really. So I think, yeah, it, it just led me to this sense of this is such a broad psychological experience, which is really, obviously quite individual as well but I think there's so much we can be doing psychologically which is why I wanted us to have this conversation to just say okay this is all affecting us and it has a tendency to keep us stuck and kind of getting further and further down that negative spiral but if we can kind of all catch ourselves at the moment and employ some really evidence-based strategies to look after ourselves we can actually kind of harness this time as best we can as one for, um, if not psychological growth, just preservation. So that was kind of my intent behind wanting to have this conversation. I think that there are- There's so much
1: overwhelm and confusion and distress for people at an individual level, absolutely, with the lockdowns and uncertainty with employment and not being able to actually go and see friends and family and, as you mentioned, having what we have always just taken for granted as Mm -hmm. our rights, really capped and taken away from us. There's the individual experience but then there's the collective Almost, I just feel like there's like this collective anxiety right now, Libby, and I'm certainly feeling it. When I was watching the news and hearing audio of a little girl over in Kabul being taken Mm. away from her family forcefully to go and be a child bride, I was just like, what the fuck is going on in the world, you know? And then you have not only do you have this, you know, your own experience of what's going on where you are feeling, as you said, perhaps contained and even if you are, I don't want to say pro-lockdown, but even if you are understanding why we need lockdowns, which I am, I am completely like, yep, I get it. I'm doing my part. This is where I, I'm happy to be right now. Mm. You do feel, still feel contained, but then you hear something so disastrous as the tragedy happening, as you said, with the mm. Taliban taking over in Afghanistan, and then you feel guilty for being upset that you can't go and see your friends and family who are, you know, 10 kilometres away.
2: Yes, absolutely. Then you can get into that kind of comparative grief process, which I know people do where they kind of, um, yeah, will also dismiss their own experience to say, well, you know, I'm not a woman in Afghanistan at the moment, so I shouldn't be feeling this way, Um and whilst- yeah, that guilt just adds a whole other yes. layer that it's like, oh, we feel
1: bad and now we're going to feel bad for feeling bad.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of my... Oh, she'd have to be my biggest woman crush of all time. And I've spoken about her before, Kylie. And I think her work is so fitting for this global experience right now. And that's Edith Eager, who is, um, she's a Holocaust survivor. I think she's 93 and she's a psychotherapist. She's
1: incredible. She's
2: amazing. She People can. Yeah, I've listened to interviews with her and I'm like, ah, oh,
1: she's wonderful. Yeah,
2: she's she's phenomenal. Like people can girl crush over Kim Kardashian. And all they want, but I will have Edith Egger any day. Um, and, you know, what makes her remarkable is that, yeah, she was taken, um, you know, with her parents to a concentration camp. She knew she was losing her parents that day. She was tortured, humiliated, didn't think she was going to survive. Um, and the one thing her mother said to her, her parting words, was people can take everything from you but they cannot take what's in your mind. And Edith took those words and almost just, yeah, embedded those into herself. And that saw her through that horrific experience and led her, I think at the age of 50 or so, she trained as a psychologist um, and has made her one of the most remarkable therapists of all time. And Edith's work is really based on this um, premise and and she says, you know, we can't change the external environment, but we can change our internal one. And that's what I really want. I guess that's my intention. (laughs) Um, If it fits for you, Kylie, of behind, um, yeah, today's podcast episode is just what can we do to look after our internal landscape when there's so much in our external environment that we may not be able to influence right now?
1: Absolutely. I think that's going to be incredibly helpful because so many people are in lockdown right now. They are feeling overwhelmed. They are struggling. And I know one of the things that you believe is most important, and I'm right there with you, is having, I guess, the ability to assess yourself.
2: Absolutely. I think it's just one of the most critical skills. And and what that is, you know, so if we kind of start off with What are some clear things we can all be doing to look after ourselves? You know, you're spot on. It does start with assessing yourself. So that's being able to take a step back from everything that's happening in the world, everything that's happening in your life and your experience right now, and becoming a bit objective around that. So grabbing a pen and paper helps with this experience where you can just step back and just go, okay, well, what is my experience right now? Have I lost my job? Has my partner lost their stream of income? What do we read need right now? You know, are our basic needs of safety, food, shelter able to be met? Um, and so, if we go off Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization is at the top. So, if down the bottom, if your sense of um, having, you know, sustainable shelter, food, um, economic support, if that's on shaky ground at the moment, now is not the time. As hard as this might be able to hear but now's not the time to be focusing on self-actualization now's the time to be um being pragmatic around do you need to be asking for help are there other avenues that you need to be looking into for financial support um or you know taking some big decisions what resources are available to you locally yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So that's that's what I mean by, yeah, the importance of assessing yourself, kind of taking the focus of what's happening around you at this point in time. You know, if we're all wanting to improve our psychological well-being, which we need more than ever, we need to kind of stop looking outside of ourselves for a moment and tune into our own internal experience to see where you're at. If those basic needs are being met, then it's having a look at, okay, What else can I be doing to um, be psychologically supporting myself, my children, my partner, friends, family um, right now in this experience? I love that. I think that's incredibly important.
1: And I also imagine that will help with people who are feeling like they're stuck in that stress response of Mm. maybe disassociating or having all of that adrenaline running through their system of wanting to fight, but actually taking A pause to be really objective and look at what's going on in your own house and where you are before
2: engaging in those other causes? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think when we're already in um, a stress response and then we've got other external stresses happening around us, when there's more uncertainty around us of how long is a lockdown going to continue, um, what's going to happen with vaccines being mandated and all of this kind of stuff. Um, it just can send the mind into a further state of overwhelm, which takes you further away from getting clear on what you need to do to look after yourself. And if we want to be effective in the world of helping others, we need to be yeah, really looking after ourselves first. So it's just switching that focus on what's happening externally at the moment. If we're feeling untethered and overwhelmed, we've got to, you know, turn the spotlight back to ourselves. Um, You know, do a U-turn back to ourselves first and get clear on where we're at and what we need.
1: Which really does feel counterintuitive when there's so much going on in the world. Mm. Like I think that when we're all feeling so overwhelmed and stressed and worried about everything that's happening and just feeling that so much... You know, empathy or sympathy for everyone that's struggling, it is hard to actually turn the focus to yourself, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Kylie. And, you know, if I can share my own personal experience, I think when this lockdown came into effect for us just a week ago, pretty quickly, it probably set off my stress response of just like, oh my God, what's happening with the world? And, you know, the news of what was happening in Afghanistan and, Um, I went into a big stress response of just going, oh my gosh, how do we work homeschool? There's other personal issues going on for myself. I'm like, this is just all too much and had a very real experience of overwhelm and helplessness and hopelessness, um, until I took the action of going, hang on a second, Libby, let's just take a step back. Let's focus on your experience and what do you need right now in the week coming to look after yourself psychologically so I can be, you know, the strongest I can be for myself and those closest to me and then being able to be effective in the world. So I I totally get this experience whilst it's unique for everyone, but just how important it is to press pause and bring the focus back to yourself and assess yourself in this moment.
1: And one of the most important things when it comes to that self assessment, no doubt, is practicing self compassion. And that's something I've definitely been really practicing in particular the last eight weeks. I've been having weekly therapy and self compassion, and also validating how I'm feeling rather than pushing those feelings down or perhaps leaning on behaviors to, um, yeah, silence silence how I'm really feeling and self-compassion is tricky it's so much yeah. easier to be compassionate to other people
2: yes yes absolutely self-compassion it sounds it kind of sounds easy but it's it's it hard kind of to sounds do. like a
1: like a live laugh love type yeah. thing oh yeah you know yes. practice self-compassion you've got this girlfriend
2: absolutely. but true self-compassion
1: <laughs> It's fucking hard. It
2: is hard. It sounds like head pats, but it's not. Yes. <laughs> it's more than a head pat. It's it's bloody hard. And I love what you're saying there. And and I've also been um doing my best to, to do the same as well, Kylie, because I've realized I'm a master, master emotional suppressor. Um, but it's so important for us in the moment. So whilst we're going through yeah, this flux of uncertainty at the moment and there's a lot of emotions that are coming up, if we have a good window of tolerance, so that means that if we're feeling like we are bolstered enough, we've got enough resources around us to feel our feelings, we need to feel them. Um, And that means being able to recognise where they are sitting in our bodies, being able to label them and going, okay, I feel frustrated, I feel angry, I feel... Let down. I feel overwhelmed because when we label a feeling, we're engaging our prefrontal cortex, which helps to regulate that emotion. Um, and we're by that process too. We're also validating it. We're saying it's okay that I'm having this feeling. And the same that when we get validation of another person, um, where we feel seen, it helps to regulate that emotion as well. And we all need to be offering that to ourselves. So being able to go. This feels hard right now, and that makes sense. That's essentially what self-validation is. Um, And what self-compassion is is just an extension of that. I shouldn't say it's just an extension because like we're saying, it's bloody hard. Um, But self-compassion is just being able to offer ourselves kindness um, in a non-judgmental way and validating our experience for what it is right now. Um, And that's important because it does help to regulate our emotions and it puts us in a much better place psychologically to move forward in our experience. And as I'm sure you've experienced too, Kylie, as I definitely have, um, to dismiss our emotions, to push them down, to not engage self-compassion, but to engage self-judgment or engaging in other behaviors like comfort eating, food restriction, drugs, alcohol, mindless scrolling, Um, emotionless sex whatever you want to call it all of those distraction techniques they can help us to feel good in the moment and give us a hit of dopamine Um, but what we're actually doing is we're just kind of pushing the suffering down further we're adding to the psychological pain and it's going to come up at some point so if you have the um, yeah the window of tolerance at the moment to feel your feelings as dicky as it sounds, we need to be doing that. And we need to be validating that because that helps us to become psychologically stronger in this process. Absolutely. And it can
1: be as simple as literally talking to yourself out loud. Oh, I was doing this the other day (laughs) when I was feeling really, really anxious. I had just had a conversation with a friend and I was saying, I kind of just can't wait for the boys to go to bed tonight because I feel like I just need to have one of those big shower Mm. cries because I'm feeling so much fear and uncertainty and just worry about the state of the world. Mm. And I had to talk to myself that night. I had to say, of course you feel bad, Kylie. Like, of course Mm. you feel awful. Mm. Of course you're feeling stressed. You are being inundated anytime you pick up your phone, which we'll get to, Mm. but, you know, you're being inundated with a stream of people who are angry about vaccinations, people who are angry about government regulations. Mm. You're hearing absolutely devastating audio or seeing devastating footage Mm -hmm. from Kabul and Afghanistan. Of course you feel bad. And just mm. actually saying like almost talking to your inner child of going, "They're there, yes, this is hard. Yes, you mm. feel bad. Yes, you feel overwhelmed. It mm. just kind of, I don't know, even just saying it, you can kind of feel yourself drop down into your body and be like, oh, mm. yes, that makes sense. I'm a human being having a human experience.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And this is hard. Don't, don't, you know, don't have unrealistic expectations that you're going Mm -hmm. to have all of the answers. Mm -hmm. Just feel what you're actually feeling. And as you said, if you don't, it will come up and it will come up and out in a way that (laughs) you're not going to be proud of. You know, you might snap at your kids. You might have a fight with a loved one. Mm -hmm. It comes out eventually.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying there of just, yeah, self-compassion really rests on this idea and I bang on about it so much, but about having a relationship with ourselves because we all are, whether we know it or not, we're in a relationship with ourselves and it's the most important relationship of our life. And it comes down to, yeah, taking care of ourselves emotionally and psychologically and soothing ourselves and not comparing our experience to that of someone else or dismissing our experience and saying I shouldn't feel this way because um, that's not going to serve us. If we feel any emotion, it's real and we need to be able to go, yeah, I feel this and it makes sense and that's okay. Um, and one of my favourite strategies for self-compassion to make it a bit easier is, um, journaling helps as you know and I know you're big on that as well because that just encourages that dialogue with yourself um talking to yourself out loud absolutely but I find um listening to music and particularly directing love song lyrics to myself (laughs) yes yeah um yeah I I I think I I was just going to say, I
1: read a book recently, Libby, and it was about a woman who goes on a lot of dates and she gets to this point <laughs> where she's done dating, but she finds herself saying, I love you, I love you, and then realizes she's saying it to herself for the first time in her life. Like it just becomes yep. like this This moment mm. drops in where she's having this day where she's looking after herself And she's like, oh, I do love myself. Mm. And that just reminded me of that moment in the book because it really hit a nerve with me because none of us, I mean, not many of us actually tell ourselves, I love you. Thank you. like Thank you for being here with me. Um, So, yeah, I think that's important. And I like what you're saying about directing love songs towards yourself. That's an easy in, I think.
2: Yes, absolutely. And um, I think it's just it can be a it can be really uncomfortable self compassion if you've never practiced it before it can be very uncomfortable and feel a bit icky as you start to try
1: and do it. Oh, most of us are much more comfortable with self-flagellation.
2: <laughs> that's, a, that's the human condition, right there. But um, especially in Australia, yeah, absolutely, beat yourself down. That's the um, the Aussie spirit. But I think it's it's just recognizing that if we want anything to be different in our experience of life or the experience of those around us, especially in these times right now, it starts with the relationship with ourselves. It starts with how we're talking to ourselves, how we're taking care of ourselves emotionally. Um, So yeah, trying to engage some self-compassion, self-validation in whatever way you can is is critical right now. Absolutely. Now, I know that we
1: want as want to speak as well about the mass isolation and just how harmful mm. that is to our psychological well-being and our social connections. What are your thoughts on this mass isolation feeling? What's well, more more than a feeling it's the experience right now?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's having phenomenal impact on on all individuals whether you are someone like myself where you're you know just wildly introverted and sometimes think you're allergic to humans Um, if we're humans we need you know social connectedness and um yeah even if you're quite introverted I think introverts are even feeling the need um for social connectedness which is probably saying a lot right now because we are social creatures we're wired for belonging um and you know what social connectedness gives us is is a sense of belonging and it's a source you know when we can have opportunities for connecting with others it provides us with an experience of um positive reinforcement coming into our world. So, you know, one of the hallmarks of depression and anxiety is we naturally withdraw socially. And that doesn't help us out at all, because we're missing out on opportunities to see um, the world from that wider perspective and to get positive input coming in. So almost at the moment, there's been this forced isolation. There's been forced social withdrawal for individuals, which I think then has this, um, yeah, big side effect, you know, leaning into depression and anxiety for individuals, because there's the absence of social connectedness there. Um, And I think it's not just happening for us adults, obviously, but for children. I don't know if you've noticed that in your boys Kylie but it's only been a week for my boys and they are struggling um, without having day-to-day social connectedness with their peers so the mass isolation is doing so much harm um, and I think this is where we're all aware of it, but I think we need to be maybe putting in a bit more conscious effort of how we can be creative around how to get more social connectedness in our day, even in small little spurts, really. Definitely. I can see it in my boys as well, particularly
1: Mm. at their age right now. They are all about the friends, you know, they've come into this real season of their life where they would much rather have friends over or go to the park with friends than hang out with me. And I'm very, very grateful that they've got one another and being the same age means they do have the same ability and they're interested in the same things in my circumstance. So that is a blessing, but I can see it already just one week in and we're so incredibly lucky here where we live. That yes. We've avoided a lot of the lockdowns. You know, I really feel for people in Melbourne. Um, mm. It's just been never ending for them. But those social connections bring us so much value and so much joy into our lives that when they're taken away from us, even as introverts, and I know that you and I are a bit similar in that way, it does impact us.
2: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It has a huge impact. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of us have become creative because we did have lockdown last year. And like what you said, especially feeling for those in Melbourne, they've been in lockdown for some time now that we all have adapted to an extent of connecting more online with individuals, um, you know, engaging a lot more FaceTime and video calls with friends. And it's not the same as face to face contact. Um, And that's where I think it's really important that, yes, we become creative and make sure we're messaging friends and becoming a part of Facebook groups and all of that just to up our interactions. Um, But then also something I've been trying to do and um, helping my boys with as well is like, at the moment, we can still go out and like grab a takeaway coffee. We can go for walks on the beach. Um, You know, we're very lucky where we are. So there's. You know, whatever avenues there are for you to be able to see someone face to face, like to go to the supermarket, even if that feels like a lot of effort right now, that's an opportunity to see other humans, to um, smile with your eyes, not with your mouth because it's covered by a mask, um, but to have a conversation with the person packing your groceries um, or to have a chat. To the person making your coffee, like I actually think that that is now more important than ever—not just for ourselves, but for other people, as well—and um, that can make the biggest difference in our own days and the days of others too.
1: Yeah, I feel that completely. Just the mm. other day, I was walking the dog, and an elderly woman was out and about, and she mm. was on her own, and I could just sense that. Mm. You know, when she when she looked at me, I was like, oh, this woman. I could just sense that she wanted to engage in a conversation and so we were socially distanced in masks but we had maybe a five to ten minute chat just about dogs and she was sharing some you know stories of a dog that she used to own that looked like mine and that's an interaction that I might not have had otherwise because Mm. I'm often on my phone doing 20 things even when I'm walking the dog Mm. I'm quick I'm mindful of what I have to get to next but just slowing down and going yes I might be having conversations with people day in day out but there are some people who are not having those conversations so taking a couple of minutes when it's safe to do so you just don't know
2: how much that might brighten someone else's day. Absolutely I think it's and it's kind of um something that a strategy I'm trying to engage quite a bit on because it can really, and we'll talk more about it in a second, it can really, um, yeah, make us go down a negative pathway when we're thinking about how much freedom we have lost. But if we switch the focus to what can we still do, um, what are the opportunities that are still there, then it makes those small
0: interactions really meaningful
2: For ourselves and other people. And, yeah, just being able to provide that opportunity to I think what it also does, it, it, you know, can give us all a greater sense of community um, whilst we are all quite isolated. I think to be able to have small chats, you know, even the other day I went into our local coffee shop and, you know, asked the owner how is she going and um, she's a wonderfully optimistic person and she's like, oh, I thrive in times like this like you know I know we're going to get through it and it's just what we've got to do and I'm like you're a champion keep going mate um and like that's just it's it's those small opportunities where it can fill you with positivity and other people so just I think yeah getting creative and if you can still get out of your home to have the opportunity to smile or talk to strangers do that it's so essential right now
1: and one thing that I want to mention as well, Libby, you mentioned negative pathways there too. Mm. Be really mindful, you know, for everyone listening, it's important to be really mindful that in these times when you are feeling disconnected and untethered from those who you love, you're almost more vulnerable, I think. And I think from what I understand, from what I've read and understand and heard, you are more vulnerable, more susceptible to perhaps going down the rabbit hole of joining a group that is more about negativity, more Mm. like let's all get together and bond over how much we hate something, how much we hate Mm. the government, how much we hate the rollout, how much we hate whatever it is. Just be really mindful that when you are seeking for connection, if you're seeking it online Really seek it more to be a positive community, rather than focusing on the negative. And I get it because if a group of people are together and they're bonding over something awful, it is meeting a need of community
2: Mm. Mm. and validation. You know, it can meet a need of validating your own experience. But I think, yeah, like what you're saying there,
1: and it can also
2: just yeah, and and it can enhance. The negativity you know if there's no real solution it's like well we're all just getting angrier about this and feeling more stuck and feeling more that our human rights are being taken away and these are all very real experiences but we need to ask the question of is this helping me um, because everything that we do in a day it's either helping ourselves or hindering us and whilst it might feel good temporarily in that moment to get a sense of connection or validation if it's not making us feel any more um, psychologically at ease or better. We need to ask the question, is this, yeah, it it goes for anything, doesn't it? A Facebook group, a friendship, um, a relationship with a family member, anything that's going on, it's being able to ask yourself, is this helping me Mm. right now? Because it might be a sense of connectedness, but it may not be a sense of um, useful connectedness.
1: And using that self-assessment tool. yeah would be really helpful if you do find yourself kind of going down a rabbit hole of feeding something within you that yeah as Libby said is not bringing you peace or ease which also brings me to consuming news Mm. I, I mean never before have we had more information coming at us from all different angles it's a lot and so just I would suggest being discerning with your news sources and also the time of day that you're taking that news in and perhaps just capping it to, you know, one time Mm. of day because we want to be informed. We want to know what's going on, but you don't want to be consuming it nonstop, I don't Mm. think.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's news updates every five minutes if you want there to be. <laughs> so and, and I think, as we know, with the convenience of having our phones right there, if we're not at work or we're doing less or, you know, we, we can get into that bad habit of checking our phones and checking for news updates or you're seeing friends posting things on Facebook about changes and all of that. And that's just a barrage um, or which, which can just be another hit to your nervous system, which for where you're at right now really may not be helping you. Um, and to know that news in that moment, is that going to change your experience for that day? Probably not. Um, so I think, yeah, yeah, it's being really aware and really selective with, um, knowing that what we can influence is our access to news. And I think it's something that, we can all take a level of self-responsibility on of having good boundaries around that. Like I know for myself, I've definitely felt overwhelmed and untethered this week. I checked the news once or twice at the start of the week, got my system into overload and I'm like, I'm done. I don't need to read anything else this week. It's not going to change my experience. It's not going to change what's what the, the implications that are already in place for the week. So I, I, I don't need it. There's enough right here that I need to deal with. <laughs> yes. So,
1: so yeah, taking that self-responsibility.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely.
1: Choose, choose a reliable news source. Be aware of when and how you're consuming it. And then feel free to curate your feed, curate your phone, curate your TV, whatever it is, so that you're not getting inundated with continual mm-hmm. stressful updates around the clock.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I think that brings us to our next point, Kylie, which I think is really, really, really important. And it sounds pretty simplistic, maybe a little cliche, but it's probably one of the most evidence-based strategies we all can utilize to look after our psychological well-being. And that's just that idea of what we focus on in our experience, we amplify. So if right now this experience has tra- triggered, you know, negativity, anxiety, uncertainty, we've switched on those neural pathways in our brain, we've switched on those filters and that's what we're going to be seeing in our experience. We're going to be seeing what's going wrong, we're going to be seeing the level of hopelessness, we're going to be seeing how much freedom has been taken away and we, that means if that bias has been kind of switched on for us, that becomes our experience And then that becomes essentially a self-fulfilling prophecy. And we all essentially end up feeling like shit. So what we do get to influence though, and this is one of my favorite things about us being humans, having very human brains is we don't necessarily choose the thoughts that come up in our mind. That's our mind's job. It's going to do whatever it wants to do. But we get to choose whether we focus on those thoughts or certain experiences within our life or whether we switch our focus to things that are more helpful for us. And a big one I think that's important for us at the moment is to switch our focus, you know, validate our experience, absolutely, validate the pain, validate the absence of freedom. But if we stay in that mindset, it's going to keep us stuck and send us further down. So we want to be able to switch our focus to where is there freedom in our life still? What are we still able to do? And this is the work of Edith Eager. You know, this woman was in a concentration camp, like so much freedom taken away from her, but she used her mind. She was to, still
1: able to go places in her mind and be with people in her absolutely, mind. Yeah. And dream, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Yeah. There was so much freedom in her mind. And this is one of my favourite things to do. Like I, I take myself back to overseas trips at the moment, I take myself back to really amazing memories of things that I've done. I um, let my mind focus on the fact that I get to choose what I put in my body every day. I've got two arms and two legs that work and I can choose what clothes I want to put on. I can choose how I want to move. I can choose if I want to focus on and be grateful for the sun shining outside and you know, not wanting to sound Pollyanna at all you know and that's what I mean we need to validate our experience and recognize there's shit going on and we can feel like shit but we get to choose where our focus goes and that's where I really want to um, yeah encourage your audience that you know we all have that ability right now no one no one has taken over our minds at all it might feel like it um but we've all got that Ability still, and that is where our psychological well being rests not in our external environment, in our internal environment. So, if we've all got that ability, you know, let this be an opportunity where we can just kind of grab that by the reins and just go, Right, what am I going to focus on that's working? Mm, that's self agency, absolutely. And there's and that's where our freedom is, you know, that's what. Edith Eger's work focuses on. She's like, I was actually physically imprisoned, but my mind wasn't. And so many individuals, I think, particularly in this modern day and age, is that we're actually imprisoned in our minds despite having so much freedom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can recognize that we imprison ourselves with how we look at things in the world um, and free ourselves with that, that's where true freedom lives. It's a it's a big paradigm shift, but I think it's what's needed right now. Definitely. And Libby, you spoke about
1: um just the importance as well of being realistic. And I know Mm. before we started recording, one of the things I had mentioned, it's important that we just take the pressure off ourselves. And I think good enough or near enough has to be good enough. You know, relax this perfectionism standard of you know, we're going to maximize every minute in lockdown. Yes. We're gonna come out a better person and we're gonna learn all these new skills and it it. Just actually surviving, actually coping, actually going through the motions at times is going to have to be good enough.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Kylie. And that's you know, comes back to our first point, doesn't it, of just assessing where you are at individually. If at the moment, you know, you've got a 16 month old, you're getting no sleep. You've also got a four year old and then a six year old that you're trying to homeschool. Um, I'm pretty sure at the moment, if everyone is alive and breathing by the end of the day, you have kicked all the goals necessary um, that you can do right now. So it's just, it's so important to appreciate our own individual experience Um, and that if we're suffering psychologically and you're putting pressure on yourself of, oh, I should be feeling better or I should be doing more, I should be learning a language or I should be on top of the homework or I should be actually doing the homeschooling task with my child. um, They're all shoulds, really. And I think that's important, like what you're saying there, to come back to your individual experience, recognize where you're at, And be realistic with what is actually achievable for you in a day and in a week, Um, because that is preserving your psychological well-being. To set lofty goals and be comparing yourself to other individuals right now is doing more harm than good for your psychological well-being. And yeah. that was something a lot
1: of people mentioned through Instagram is feeling guilty that they're not doing enough, you know, they're not mm. they're not finding it easy to do all of the homeschooling, mm. they're not finding it easy to meet all of the needs of their children of various ages. And that's where I think it's so important to just drop the pressure and if you can't get everything done for you know, the homeschooling program, but you do get outside and you do all enjoy 5 minutes of sunshine and feel grateful for that 5 minutes you know that that
2: might have to be enough for that day yes yeah absolutely you know these are really unique times and as far as i'm convinced this is not you know in quotation marks normal living um what we're going through at the moment it's not healthy for anyone for us all to kind of be confined and just you know, around our family units for for the whole day without having space to go do different things and have the opportunity for um, positive bits of reinforcement to come into our lives from external influences. Like it's not the norm for us. So we can't expect to have, um, you know, what we were doing several weeks ago or several months ago or a year ago in kind of different living circumstances. We can't be expecting the same of ourselves Right now, we need to be realistic with that. And being realistic
1: means moving the goalposts, lowering the mm. expectation bar, all of those sorts of things. And, you know, as Ross Geller would say, we have to pivot.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, Ross. We've got to pivot. And, or, you know, if you're sick of the word pivot, adapt, change,
0: move. Through these unprecedented
2: times. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, on that note of expectations, I think something that can also help us and it can get thrown out the window when we're overwhelmed by emotion, but it's a strategy that, again, it's really evidence-based. We know that it looks after our mood um, and that's positive activity scheduling, really. So again, being realistic with that, Um, but if it's you know drawing up a loose daily planner for your family and that might just be, okay, in the morning we're going to the park, (laughs) Um, in the afternoon we're going to do at-home activities, that might be the extent of it. But just having a loose plan for what your day might look like or saying, yep, tonight's movie night, we're going to do that and we're making pizzas. You know, that can be so good for us as adults but also the kids as well to just go, okay, these are the different things that we're doing. And I know even for myself, what's helped me out a lot this week is I kind of booked in for myself because it's my biggest psychological support of when I was going to exercise. Not with a tight grip on those expectations, but just like a rough outline of that's the habit I'm going to try and keep, book that in because that's positive activity scheduling. Also booked in an osteo appointment for myself because that's really important for my well-being and making sure that I've booked in like a walk with a friend and that kind of thing. So, just we know that dopamine gets released not just when we do the positive activity, but when we're actually um, in anticipation. Yes, yeah, anticipatory dopamine release is everything. So that's why it is important to to book things in because it gives us that sense of dopamine being released, which boosts our mood um, and gives us something to look forward to. So whilst a lot has been taken away, um, even if it's doing things at home to be able to say, okay, that's the time that I'm doing this. It does so much for our mood in a time like this. Mm. Are there things, I know you're big on that Kylie. You're like, I don't know, you're the queen at time blocking.
1: (laughs) Look, I I do really enjoy a good time blocking session and sort of planning things out because it gives me a sense of control. It means I'm getting those tethers, which I want to speak about quickly before we wrap up, but it gives me those tethers throughout my day that keep me sane. If I don't have Mm -hmm. those, then I feel just lost to the abyss of anxiety and worry and either taking too much action or not enough action. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also had to time block times where I do nothing. Yeah, it's like, you know what, Kylie, for that hour, rest and proper do- – like, you know, when I say rest, I don't mean sleep. I mean something that is restorative – to my well-being Mm. because so many people Mm. think, oh, I'm not doing anything, you know, I'm sat on the couch and I'm scrolling, I don't need to rest. But sitting on the couch and scrolling might not be adding anything, you know, it might not actually be restorative. So, you know, a version of like an hour of rest for me could be reading in the sunshine because after that I feel better, I feel like it's given Mm. me something. But I wanted to touch on tethers quickly, Libby, because a while ago, I want to say, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe six months ago-ish, could be longer. I'm so bad with time. But you and I were going for a walk on the beach when we were allowed to. And (laughs) I was feeling really overwhelmed with everything just going on for me personally. And you said to me, what are your tethers? you know, you're going to keep having waves of difficult things mm-hmm. coming at you and waves of emotion and challenges. What are your tethers? What are you going to kind of, you know, stake into the ground here and hold on to when mm-hmm. times are tough? And that has stuck with me. And that's why I mm-hmm. do have my tethers. I love exercise for that. Um, you know, writing, being creative, all of these things are important to me and my identity. But I would encourage people who are listening to really think about what tethers they can access right now that are going to be integral to their well-being, to their identity, that are not reliant mm. upon government re- um, government restrictions or things like that.
0: Mm.
2: Yes absolutely Kylie it's it's so important and I think it's yeah it's really important because there's so much uncertainty there's there could be more waves of different things coming at us in the future and that's what I think we can all get stuck on and get even more overwhelmed with but to focus on that it's not serving us at all um, and we want to be able to focus on what we can influence. And, yeah, our tethers are things that we can influence and that's going to look different for for different individuals. But if you can try to come back to, um, again, that self-assessment, having a think about what it is that you might value. Um, And I know you and I are quite similar across a few of those in terms of, you know, we value being able to move in a day, um, being able to be creative, being able to have a sense of accomplishment um, over some work tasks, um, being able to engage in some rest or play or fun, um, you know, there's, there might be a couple, four or five different things that, you know, they're your anchor points. And if you can do them in a day or a couple of those, that helps to support you that regardless of what's going on externally for you, you're psychologically supported. Um, and that's just, yeah, really important if, if we can all get clear on that at the moment um and you know that might also look like you know for some i know for me actually listening to music is a really big tether for me um there's not a day that i don't listen to music um and you know i can put it on when i'm making my lunch or when i'm exercising and it seriously boosts my mood mm. um and i'd say that that's a tether for me you know Justin Timberlake he's been helping me out big time um, <laughs> lately and and without him I don't know where I'd be right now so I think um you know having a think about what are the things that yeah uh, are your anchor are within points reach. And help to support you yes absolutely
1: so important and as you mentioned there is that anticipation of a dopamine mm. hit where you get a bit of a rush mm. and then there's the dopamine hit of actually doing what you've planned to do and yes. then you could also go a step further and have the sheer pleasure of ticking something off your list. So if you <laughs> have it written down, like if you think about your day and it's like, oh, every day is bleeding into the next and it's just all mm. blah and you feel as though you're not achieving anything, lower your expectations, mm. make your achievements far smaller than they would have been, you know, maybe two, three years ago. I'd like to say a year ago, but a year ago we were all on the same boat. Yes. Yeah. Um, And tick it off, you know, if it is walking the dog around the block, tick it off, give yourself that little sense of fulfillment and success. And it's the same when you have a newborn, you lower the bar, you know, it's a Mm -hmm. great day if you um, have both achieved a little bit of sleep and if you've had a shower and that's perfectly proportionate to where you are in life. So yeah, just redefine what success means for you right now today Mm -hmm. this week and go easy on
2: yourself yes absolutely yep it's um it's about changing those expectations right now and yeah like what you say having that ability to write it down and ticking that off um and I think even for me on my to-do list the other day was like buy collagen powder and take the boys to the beach wrote it down, ticked it off. And I was like, I'm just killing it at life over here. Like (laughs) the bar is set very, very low
1: relative. It's all relative. And we have to do that. And that is that self-compassion as well.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, you know, to round this out, Kylie, and I know that there is a lot of, yes, psychological unrest at the moment with everything that's happening, particularly, um, locally for us in Australia with certain, yeah, government mandates and restrictions that are are rolling out and what understandably feels as though and is basic human rights being taken away. And I know that's causing a lot of psychological pain for people right now. I think it's just more important than ever that if you're feeling really overwhelmed by that, to just have a think about, you know, engaging in that self-assessment of does ruminating on this at the moment um, or getting overwhelmed by this, you know, if I'm unable to take any more action than what I've taken right now, you know, if you've written letters to your local parliament and all of that, and you've done all that you can, then to ruminate on it may not be helping you right now. It's really important to come back to, all right, what can you do, like what we've discussed this episode, um, to psychologically look after yourself right now, because if you're not psychologically well, we can't be effective in this world at all.
1: And I think a lot of the psychological distress right now, Libby, is coming from, you know, just to speak, I guess, for for people who might be experiencing psychological distress due to people that are completely disregarding recommendations, people who are really passionate about um, you know, we're not going to go into the anti-vax conversation in this episode, but I know a lot of people got in touch with me via Instagram saying they're so stressed out mm. that people are taking advice from people who are not informed and they're finding it really overwhelming that there's so much negativity and so many debates and so much trolling and so much hate happening and it feels like a divide, You know, the protests, mm. the groups that are forming, all of this stuff. And so if you are feeling psychologically um, distressed by all of that stuff, that self-agency of having the boundary of what you Mm. consume, when you consume it and how you consume it is really important. So boundaries online and boundaries in real life. If people in real life are coming to you and they're wanting to have conversations that you don't want to engage in Mm. or they're really wanting to try and, you know, shove their viewpoints down your throat, Having firm boundaries
2: mm. is
1: self-compassion too. That's you know that's part of looking after yourself.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It's um yeah, it's those basic needs that we need to be meeting for ourselves, and that we we get to influence that. It's reminding ourselves that we've got that level of self-responsibility that we can say no, I don't want to talk about this, or taking things out of your Instagram feed or news feed, whatever that is, um, to just say I don't need any more exposure. To this at the moment. Um, and you know, I've taken that stance for myself this week that I, I don't need any more news or exposure to anything else right now. It's it's not changing my day-to-day experience in the moment, and it's not helping. So, yeah, for everyone to engage that level of self-assessment is necessary. Absolutely. Now, for those who are
1: feeling really distressed by everything that's happening in Afghanistan with the Taliban taking over, with children being removed from their families, women's rights going back hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a link for people that might be interested in donating as well. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So if you're feeling a bit like, oh, I want to be able to do something to Mm -hmm. help, this is a great way to be able to help if you have the funds available.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think we had that conversation, Kylie, that we wanted to almost kind of dedicate this episode um, to being able to help women and children in Afghanistan because, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about that. You know, what comes down to humanity is that if we're in a position of privilege in any way um, above other people, I do feel that it's a, a human right that we help those that are less privileged. Than us. And if we're feeling at a bit of a loss as to what to do in the world, how we can be effective, um, you know, I think one is kind of taking a level of self responsibility and looking after ourselves, absolutely. But then two, um, if there's opportunities for us to help others. Um, you know, we, we want to be able to do that. And I think, yeah, we'll, we'll put up the link to where um, we recommend to donate. And I'll be donating um, to this charity as well, because I think it's just a way to feel that we can be helpful and effective in the world right now. Same. Libby, thank you so much
1: for your time and your knowledge this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I know that you and I could speak for hours and hours and hours, but we will leave it there because you have to get back to your little ones back into my life. Um, And I'm so grateful again for your time and your wisdom. Where can our listeners connect with you?
2: Yes, absolute pleasure, Kylie. And thank you so much for your time. Um, People can find me just over on Instagram as at the women's psychologist. Um, I've taken a little hiatus this year due to personal and physical health stuff going on, but I finally um, feel that I'm back in the game. So I will be on there a bit more. um, And if you want to connect with me there, um, the link to my website is there if you want to send an email and get in touch for therapy as well awesome and
1: as you said even if you're not super active on instagram people can go back through your feed and just take so much knowledge from your past posts and your videos and you're just a little ray of sunshine to have in our news feed so thank you thank
2: you 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 are welcome very very kind of you